Revenge, Season 1, Episode 12, Infamy. Hi, and welcome to Mikowski Cast. I'm Mary. And I'm Laura. And today we're talking about Episode 12 in the first season of Revenge. How are you tonight, Laura? I'm doing all right. This is a great excuse for me to uh, put a hold on my studies. (laughs) It's sad. I literally, I haven't left the house since Friday and it's Sunday. Yeah, you didn't come visit me like I wanted you to. We could have hung out this weekend. Actually, you know what? I haven't left the house since third. Well, I mean, Thursday. When I came home Thursday, I haven't left since. I've been like in my room studying. So uh, Dave and I, my brother, Yes, our brother. Our our brother. <laughs> he sadly uh, left yesterday to go back to Seattle for the semester. Really sad. But on Friday, we I mean, were good gonna... for him. It's just sad that he's going far away. But like, he's doing well. Yeah, I know. I'm not going to see him like ever. I don't know. I don't know if he's coming home for Thanksgiving. Who knows? But and like, since I've been working, I've literally been in my room. 24 7 and he's just been in his room playing on the computer i felt so bad that we couldn't really hang out but friday we were going to hang out we were literally walking out the door to go to the virginia tech versus uva men's soccer game it was scheduled to be at seven and right before we left mom was just looking some stuff up and she found out they moved the game to 2 30 that day so like, like they had moved it earlier yeah, they had moved it earlier because oh, of the weather. Oh, so it had already happened. Like, it already happened. We- <laughs> you didn't even notice? <laughs> we had no idea. I was going to meet up with this one girl in my program, and we were literally You're walking so out, out the of door. The I'm glad that my mom checked the schedule because I would have been so mad if I had gone all the way there, drove all the way there to find out that it was canceled. So, Well, that it wasn't was- canceled. It had, it had happened. It just had already happened. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was it – was, it already happened. And you know what? They – it was they tied one to one, so it was kind of good because kind I don't of an know anticlimactic game. Yeah. I don't know where my loyalty would would have been, but um, but that would have been the one opportunity I would have had to leave the house, and I didn't, so I tried. But uh, school is it's a lot. Let me tell you, it's uh, I think I've worked harder now in the last two weeks than I have all through undergrad. It's probably not true, but. <laughs> what it feels like it feels like that because i haven't done any school work in the last three years except for the disney classes that i took <laughs> yeah if you for some reason decided to just skip our last episode but are listening to this one uh <laughs> laura has recently started going to grad school and you are what one week one week in grad school or did you have two already? two weeks two weeks, two weeks already two weeks girl <laughs> feels like an eternity but uh yeah it's this the classes it's So the differences between undergrad and grad is that, you know, I actually want to be here, surprisingly. So, like, classes are really fun and engaging, and I like to be in classes, but also there's a, there's just been a ton of reading, and it's, I don't know, business, slightly different than going back for education, so, but anyway, so that's why there's been a delay in the podcast, and there probably still will be a delay. 
Yeah, we may may switch to once every two weeks, just depending on how difficult it will be for Laura to record based on her work schedule or, you know, her her school schedule. We may uh, be able to sort of stock up on some podcasts at some point and release them more frequently, but it's really just going to depend on if she has any time coming up. Um, But luckily for her, we have a nice little break in her evening tonight and we can record this episode she actually watched the episode yesterday and took a ton of good notes and i was like wow this is because usually it's just like one list of bullet points but there was indentation there was like section headers and all that so i guess you're really getting back into the school zone oh my gosh it's so sad probably taking way too many notes like i am writing too many notes in my textbook but oh you know We'll see how this goes. But, uh, you know, um, shows my priorities that I haven't watched the second episode of Bachelor in Paradise from last week. and then You're not I missing Revenge. anything. You're not missing anything. Well, I still need to watch that before, gosh, before tomorrow. But anyway. Yeah, can- it's, you know, during this time of year when Bachelor in Paradise and Big Brother are on, it's like just... I have TV shows Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Sunday night. So Friday and Saturday are the only two days I don't have shows on. Um, and, uh, you know, with these Bachelor in Paradise ones being like two hours a piece and watching uh, the live feeds. Two nights a week. And, yeah, I know. It's yeah. crazy. Are you watching Handmaid's Tale? I haven't. I'm not. I haven't. I never up. watched the first season. So I'm, I'm behind yeah. on that. I'm only halfway through Westworld. I, I just am really behind on a lot of things. I'm, but I've I'm decided to. I have decided to finally finish One Tree Hill, which I started, I mean, I started years ago with you. We watched the first couple seasons because I think we owned maybe the first one or two seasons on DVD. Like three, maybe. Yeah. And then um, in college one year, I was like, okay, that's it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to watch all of it. I'm going to get all caught up. And I powered through. I started from the beginning and I got to season like seven and I think this was my junior year of college maybe or summer before junior year and I got to season seven and then I just stopped and for two years I haven't watched anymore so I'm picking That's like back story up story of all my I, this story of my shows. life yeah I love so wait I know but I'm what, picking back season- up and so I'm 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 on season seven now because I, I started that season over because I wasn't sure how far I got into it I think I only got like four or five episodes but I'm now on episode I think 12 so I'm about halfway through season seven is so I'm getting there. Lucas and uh Peyton still on it no I think their last season was season six mm. so it's that's that's I think part of the reason why I sort of broke away from the show was because it felt like it wasn't exactly the same show anymore and it's kind of not but i like it's the like new smallville. cast members <laughs> okay no smallville's different you still need to watch that whole thing yeah i'm bad with change but luckily <laughs> my boy nathan and Haley scott or Haley james Haley james scott <laughs> Haley james Haley james scott they are on it forever and then if you watched laguna beach stephen coletti i forgot what his uh character's name is on one tree hill but he comes in at one point and what does he look like? Stephen Coletti. He's a cutie. But you know what's kind of interesting? He looks like a... I don't know if I want to say he has a baby face, but he looks a little way younger once he's on One Tree Hill. Well, here, let me show you. Cast. Can you tell which of these people it is? 
showing you the box. Oh, yeah. He's not on he's, that. He's not either of those two guys? No, no, no. He's not either okay. one of those. Okay. Those well, he must, oh, my he gosh. must come in the all next the, season. Then. All the guys are so cute on that show. But Stephen Coletti, he comes later. He might not even only be in, like, one or two seasons. But okay. he – I think he might – he definitely dates somebody. I, I think it's later when um, Haley starts, like, mentoring the uh, musicians. Oh, wait. Does he have dark hair? Yes. Yep. It kind of, like, spikes up. Oh, okay. Never mind. No, he's he's in the show. He's just – yeah, he's a smaller character. But he's not, so he's not that one kid. Not Brian, Brian? Brian? No. Oh, wait. Let me look up Along who I the think babies. it is. Steven. No, that's Jake. Jake is the best. Oh, Jake. Jake. Maybe his Jake's real name favorite. is Brian. Wait, maybe Jake's How do you real spell this Brian. guy's name? Stephen Coletti? Ah, Stephen Coletti. Okay. Let me see. Oh yeah, yeah. He's he's in the show. He plays the bartender. Um, that's right. That's Trick. right. Bartender. He's yep. no, he's in it. He's in it for at least like three or four seasons. He actually was in it back when they were still in high school. But it was like the very what? end of the last season when he was there in high school. He moved to school and he was like, they had that club that was about like staying pure or whatever, and he was like all innocent. And so he came and I think he dates Brooke for a little while, but now he's dating the singer girl <laughs> Mia. So yeah. So is it Mia Haley? James is like like she's mentoring her because she's kind like a new of yeah kid. like she's she signed her yeah well I'll just put a timestamp in for anyone who wants to skip all the One Tree Hill talk <laughs> they can skip that see what you guys don't really realize is this one hour a week is pretty much the only times I get to really talk to Laura and hold her undivided attention so I need to use it to get everything out but yeah because there's like this season there are like three new actors or. Maybe just, yeah, three new actors this season. Oh, oh, oh. Jaina or Jana Kramer. Is that the character's name or the actress's name? Uh, the actress, the character's name is Alex Dupre. Oh, Alex Dupre, yeah. This is her first season. She's an actress. She's not a singer. Like, in okay. the show. In the show, she's an actress. Okay, yeah, but she's, isn't she kind of, kind of like a bad girl? Or not kinda, bad, yeah, but, yeah, kind of. It's oh, her first season. She's just a troubled person. Mia... Catal yeah, Matt, Mia Catalini or whatever. Catalano. And uh, man, anyway, wow, that was I a know. good tangent. But I know, but One Tree Hill is great. Also, I just discovered that one of the characters in One Tree Hill, uh, her in real life, the actress is married to um, uh, what's his name? The guy from Supernatural, not Dean from Gilmore Girls, but the guy who plays Dean in Supernatural. Um. Oh, yeah, 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 um, Jensen Ackles, or Wait, whatever Jensen his name is, Jensen Ack- Ackles or whatever. That's not the guy um, that's in, um, This Is Us. No, that's Justin Hartley, different guy. Oh, gosh. They're both really cute, and they both were on, uh, Smallville, <laughs> so it's just even more confusing. But Jensen Ackles, um, is married to Daniil Ackles, who is, who plays Rachel in One Tree Hill. Who's like the redhead. So that is a fun fact for you. Wow. Well, my favorite people are Nathan, Scott, obviously, and Brooke Davis. But, you know. Interesting. Um, okay. Well, I will put a stamp in here somewhere. And this is now the end of the One Tree Hill segment. So now we can actually start talking about the show that, you know, we podcast about. Okay. Uh, I, I want to say the first thing. About, about, about the podcast. Okay. Is it embarrassing to say that I literally had to Google infamy, hear Google say it out loud, and, uh, and read what? the definition? In order – you didn't know what infamy meant? 
I know. I mean, like, I, I did, but I just wanted to make sure that I was on the right page. Yeah, it's so. like, you've never heard someone be like, they're infamous? Yeah, 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 they're infamous. But, which, they, by the way, is not infamous. It's a very different thing. They're, uh, it's like notorious? Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's like you're, yeah, you're, you're known very well. You're, it's like being famous, but usually for either negative reasons or for, um, it's not exactly the same as being negative, but like, ooh, they're infamous for that. Well, yeah, infamy, the state of being well known for some bad quality or deed, and the synonyms, the first one says notoriety. Yeah, yeah, so. So, notorious, an evil or a wicked act. The state of being well-known for something, some bad quality. So, I'm guessing they're talking about David, right? He's being well, he's well-known for being bad. He's, uh, apparently, supposedly. Uh, yeah, that's probably where they're coming from with that. Um, I think it could be a lot of things. Um, it could also, I was trying to see if it could be tied into Mason Treadwell, but it's more like, Mason no, Treadwell. I think I think Mason Treadwell made David, made David Clark, Clark infamous. Yeah, infamous through the book. Yeah, because really, besides the news, it. I mean, I guess everybody still would have heard about David Clark through the news, but uh, Mason just really dove deeper and with all the personal interviews with with everybody around it. So around him, yeah. around the crime. Well, let's go ahead and jump into the episode and get to our discussion of that uh and so the episode of course like all the episodes starts out with a quote which says for the average person leading an ordinary life fame holds a hypnotic attraction many would soon perish then exist in an anonymity but for the unlucky few who've had notoriety forced upon them infamy can be a sentence more damning than any prison term that's funny so, how they put notoriety in there. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's it's basically what you were saying. You know, people strive to be famous, but for some people, you know, when you have fame and notoriety, you know, forced, yeah, forced upon you, that it's uh, something that can be, you know, difficult to escape from. And, and, you know, obviously the direct tie in there with saying more damning than any prison sentence, you know, David's also in prison. So he's got them both. So good for him. <laughs> Yeah, but, partly it's like yeah. you want what you can't have, and then once you have it, you don't want it. I mean, it's kind of different. That's actually totally different, but <laughs> it could be someone that, yeah, like, but is, it's really, just, really want to be just famous. Saying that, right, there are negative sides to fame as well, and a lot of people don't realize that. So Yeah. But this one's or negative good. types of fame is more a more accurate way of saying it. Yeah, you people don't – you don't just want to be famous. You want to be famous for a good reason, not – you don't want to be notorious – Infamous. Yes. Okay, anyway, this is like an English lesson. <laughs> right. So, uh, do you want to start by talking, oh uh, going through the flashback at the beginning of the episode? Yeah. So, like all these episodes, it opens up with some kind of flashback or boom. This wasn't really a boom, but it was a flashback. With young <laughs> Emily, and we see her, and she's in, I believe, what, the, the orphanage, or not, sorry, not orphanage, but... <laughs> In her, I guess, whatever place. They ever say what happened to her mom? Um, I don't believe that we've gotten super direct confrontation or confirmation on where her mom is or what happened to her mom as of yet. She she has told Daniel that her parents died when she was very young. That's really all we have uh. for facts. Anyway, back to the flashback. So it's young Emily, and we see her. Reading I, I think a book. she's yeah. I think she's possibly in like a a. 
not exactly a juvenile detention facility, but a similar type of thing for really young kids. But it might also just be a foster home. It might be an orphanage. I'm honestly not 100% sure where she is. Yeah, I just feel like it. there was bunk beds in there, so it seemed like there was multiple people. Like, some place where, I mean, I guess you could say it's an orphanage, but when I think of orphanage, I think of, but like, it might Annie. be. It, <laughs> yeah, it might be a children's psychiatric ward. I mean, we don't oh, know. Oh, gosh. So, anyway, she's reading a book, and it's, on the cover it says, Society Connection. And it has her dad on the cover. And I What do you feel about that title? Society Connection. Society. I mean, I feel like it, like, kind of makes sense in terms of, like, Oh, he was, you know, working for a rich company, and because of these connections, he was able to, you know, take down this plane and all that. But, like, it's not a very catchy title. Could be could be more poppin', you know? If I saw a book called Society Connection, I wouldn't be like, ooh, I want to read that. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'm really making the connection. <laughs> Society <laughs> Connection. Unless it's, like, it's not like a... A series that he did and this was featuring david no it's this is just completely a separate book all about david right right yeah it's just it's a book all about see i was the, thinking that the trials because i was thinking maybe he's connecting society with david like uh society eh, connection kind or of connecting stretch. society to another yeah i don't know i i'm not I interested know. i don't know why it's named society connection did it even say david on the front like the story uh, I didn't of pause David it. Clark. I didn't pause it, so I don't know. Okay, yeah, me either. But anyway, I noticed that the cover, right on the top, it said Mason Treadwell. And I and I was just kind of paying attention to that because I knew that that would come to play later in the episode, which obviously it's all about. But anyway, so then it flashes to the present time and you see Emily reading the same book. And I also paid attention to that said infamy can be more damning than any prison uh, because that's huge prisoner sorry prisoner <laughs> yeah i was just gonna say that there this episode starts much like many of the other ones do with emily and daniel in you know her room at the beach house and daniel comes in and he's discussing how he is going to not go back to business school uh this semester so it must be nearing the middle to end of the summer because they're already starting to make plans for the future, which we'll see more in another subplot this episode. But so Daniel's saying that instead he's going to go work for the company and that he might move back in with his mother for the time being. Yeah, he's going to put business school on hold and continue to work for the company. And he also mentions that because of the whole Tyler fiasco mess, his mom is kind of on edge and wants Daniel to come back into the mansion. Uh, Victoria, he says Victoria's upset. Don't know if all this is actually true, but that's just what he says. I kind of have my doubts. I Well, we learn later kind of maybe there's a different motive, but... um. And then Daniel suggests that Emily and him get a house in the city once the season is over. And you know that, like, that's totally would ruin. Well, you know what? I say that it would ruin all of Emily's plans, but Emily moved to to the Hamptons to be next to the Graysons. But would you think that Victoria would probably move back to the city, too, after the summer? So it really wouldn't matter? Well, I think part of the reason she moved here was also to be in her father's house. 
I think okay. that's a big part of it. But okay. yeah, I mean, so he he basically says, you know, let's move in together. And she says, oh, well, you know, my parents are dead, but they had certain, you know, they, they were very traditional. traditional. And she wants to keep those traditions alive in order to honor them in, in a way. Um, and I said that I, I think it's probably because she wants to stay at that beach house and also because she doesn't want Daniel around 24-7 at this point necessarily. I mean, if they move into a small place in the in the city, how is she going to be able to, you know, have her, her plans and do i mean it's good because she'd be near him but it's bad because he's always around probably yeah exactly uh be kind of hard to hide all her stuff when they're sharing a house as opposed to like right now he's probably not snooping through her floorboards you know it's her oh yeah for sure yeah i mean it would totally ruin her plan uh i mean she still reassures daniel that she loves him and she wants to be with him but i also think that's like come on emily you know what he's going to if you, if you mention you don't want to live together until you're married, I feel like if he really wants to be with you, that's going to make him think, okay, well, let me get, let me propose to her. <laughs> so. Yeah, and, and we'll get to that more at the end of the episode because it sort of comes full circle at that point. I mean, that's point. the thing. What's her plan? I mean, is she was she just planning to date Daniel for as long as she needed to, um, for as long as, yeah, really, she needed to, so she could get close to the Graysons and then cut them all off later? I mean, this is getting way deeper uh than i think she even thought I, I think the daniel stuff she's sort of taking as it comes i think if she was able to take down the graysons while just dating him i think she would do that if it involves more i think she's willing to do whatever it takes do you um, think she's because, even willing to screw him do i think she'd be willing to do what like take him down too yeah i i, I don't think that he is so sacred to her that she wouldn't um you know, take that opportunity, but I, I don't, I don't think that, you know, he's, he's definitely not her main target, so. I'm just saying, like, sure. if she needs to take the Graysons down, and, like, he goes down with it, because, say she, she wants to target their company, obviously, and he's a part of that company. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's gonna be. It's gonna be a mess. It's gonna be a mess eventually, and, you know, I think she sort of signed on to the beginning that she knew that his feelings were gonna get hurt, and, and I think that, you know, in in some ways we see this sometimes more than others, but I think that she does have some, you know, genuine feelings and interest toward him, and so she's, you know, doesn't particularly want to hurt him, but she's, she's not gonna spare him if it means being able to take down the Graysons. So, anyway, then the episode moves on to a book signing, at some uh, bookshop or library or something, hard to tell. And it's it's a book signing given by Mason Treadwell. And we see two large posters, one of which is the cover of the Society Connections book, which must be like his only book or something, because you never really hear him talk about other books. Um, and then his, his, uh, his, a picture of himself where he's, he's advertising his memoirs that are about to come out, which is supposedly a collection of you know, his life and, and different things. But he doesn't really mention any other books he's written, so I don't really know. I mean, like, I would like to think that he, he he has written other books. It's just probably this was the biggest one. I mean, about a guy that was helping terrorists. I mean, a huge thing that probably happened to the nation. I'm sure this is probably the, just, the, well, the, the book that, for one, made him famous. We learned that later too. That this book definitely set him yes, up. Yes, to... that he was he was nowhere near famous. Um, you know, up in you know before uh, 
before this book happened. And so, yeah, we'll we'll just talk more about that in a little bit. Does he but, even say, like, why he's writing a memoir? Like, what has happened in his life? Don't you... No, I think that, you know, he is... I think he's a good writer. Um, we hear him read a little bit of his his memoir later and and he's he's a he's a flowery writer he sounds appealing um i think it's more so that yeah that he's just sort of fancies himself uh, a slightly famous person at this point and so people would want to read his his book about himself but i don't know anyway so he's at this at this uh book signing we've got emily nolan and victoria who are all there and victoria seems to know mason she's sort of chatting with him and emily goes up to introduce herself and get her book signed and more importantly she introduces nolan to mason which is clearly part of a larger plot uh and you know nolan talks about how he he feels like, you know, he had a brush with death recently because of the whole Tyler situation, and so he feels like his life sort of flashed before his eyes, and he wouldn't want to die without, you know, leaving behind a good story. So he's sort of enlisting or dropping the idea out there that uh, Mason might want to write a biography about Nolan. So they, they decide that they're going to go meet up at some point and yeah. discuss that. <laughs> Mason says, my subjects are always my inspiration during the book meeting and it's like uh well duh you like you write these stories about these specific people i don't know i just thought that was kind of like obvious <laughs> yeah it's it's pretty good um and then uh so victoria you know invites him over for for lunch later and then we flash to a scene at the stowaway where emily is calling jack to thank him again for jumping in front of the gun for her in the last episode and that's when amanda comes in and she you know tells jack that she wants to go to atlantic city with him and she says she wants to have some gambling some clubbing and a little bit of trouble which like that's me. This this doesn't sound like little Amanda at all. Like, I know we've been through this a million times with the whole Amanda wouldn't become a stripper and all this. But, like, <laughs> g- come on. I mean, I, I, he has the name, but she is nothing. And this is normally your stance. And I'm normally the one who's like, oh, maybe she's changed. No, like, this is ridiculous. I just, I don't know. I'm not even sure, like, why he would be attracted to, like, I get why he as a, you know, as a human would be attracted to this type of person, but him as a character, Jack, who loves Amanda, like, this just doesn't seem like the gentle, kind-hearted girl that he fell in love with or whatever when she was nine. Hey, it's all because hot potatoes, hot potatoes. Oh my gosh. Potatoes, hot potatoes, hot potatoes. No one is going to get that joke except for you, so... It's awesome. Oh my gosh. What We've probably the- mentioned the whole adventure oh, land thing shoot. before. We probably so. have. Yeah. I know. I'm sorry. Um, she is looking good, though. I love her hair in this episode. So, but anyway. Um, so she's so like, she's all mad and she's, she's like, oh, I wonder if you would say yes if Emily Thorne asked you to go to Atlantic City. <laughs> yeah. Burn. Anyway, so we go back to Grayson Manor and. Victoria wants Mason to talk to Amanda about why she moved back here. So, yeah. So, she's she's talking to Mason. And uh, I think she's hinting that she wants to – there's there's a reason why that she's inviting him to the manor. Like, it's not just to get lunch. Yeah. I think, you know, she clearly wants – she has some other motive. And so, we see that, 
you know, he comes over and we get a little bit of information that we've been curious about. Uh, he asks where Conrad is and she says that Conrad is now living at the South Fork Inn, which is just kind of silly. I mean, like, come on, he couldn't have gone anywhere else. Is that, like, the only place around? There's no apartment buildings. There's no, like, condos he can rent. He's just staying at a hotel. That just, I don't know. I just feel like he would need more room than that. But just because the whatever show's on a on a lower budget, so they wanted just to reuse the <laughs> set they had. <laughs> I guess so. So Conrad's hold up there, and uh, Victoria and Mason are talking, and she says that you know the reason she brought him over is because she wants him to go interview Amanda Clark, and he's like, you can tell he feels a little bit uncomfortable with this. Um, this whole idea because he clearly feels bad for her. Uh, but Victoria's motive is she wants to know why Amanda is back into town, what, what she's up to, you know, what this whole thing is. Yeah, I mean, Mason knows, we'll get more into it, but knows what he did to Amanda. So there's, there's a reason definitely why he some guilt. Yeah. Yeah. There's some reason why he doesn't want to uh, interview her. But, you know, Victoria's like, uh, um, and. Mason's all, oh yeah, one doesn't easily forget a deal made with a devil. Right, so we clearly know that the reason, you know, his book came out is because of something, some kind of deal he made with Victoria. So then we have a scene of Emily, and she's reading her father's diaries, um, and he's talking about, in the diary, about how he wanted a third party to tell his story, and he thought Mason Treadmill would be a good, impartial third party. Yeah, he thought he could really trust Mason. Right, and now I'm not sure how he knew Mason, how he met him. He might, it might have just been like, literally, I need a random author who has no connection with the Graysons. Um, but he just wanted a third party. So we get what appears to at first be a flashback, but then it ends up being a video that it looks like she's watching online. And it's a a, a video of, of David talking with Mason and, you know, talking about how he thinks this whole thing is actually just a big cover-up and how in order for this cover-up to work, it would have needed people on every level, friends, co-workers, prosecutors, attorneys, etc. Which we know is true. He's yep. guessed the truth based on these last several episodes, you know? Yep. Um, and so we know that Dan David's figured it out. And so he is talking to Mason and, and basically, you know, Mason's like, wow, you know, I you know, this would have been an enormous thing. Why would, why would anyone do this? And David's like, because, you know, clearly they would have been guaranteed money, power, security, whatever. They were probably blackmailed. You know, the Graysons are extremely powerful. And uh, then we see that this is actually an uh, interview that is being shown on a video between Mason and some interviewer. And so Mason is actually talking to an interviewer, pointing out this video, and the, yeah. the interviewer says, you know, you know, he seemed, David seems to really be believing everything that he's saying. And Mason is basically saying, yeah, well, he's, you know, in his twisted mind, you know, he, he seems, he must believe his own, his own truth. But clearly it's, you know, it's not true. It's just what the psychiatrists say happen, you know, when you commit a crime and go to jail or whatever. And, and did I, did, did David mention, did he say they're Grayson's directly to... I don't think Mason. so. I don't think he ever uses the word the Graysons. I think they just say they, you know, they are powerful, they are controlling. Um, because I think at this point, you know, David is still sort of trying to protect um, Victoria. Victoria. I, I paused the frame on the video where Emily is reading the 
diary. And the beginning of it is is part of the voiceover, which is basically him talking about how he wants Mason Treadwell to, you know, tell his story. And I read the rest of it. And the rest of it basically says, you know, I really thought I trusted Victoria. She, you know, if she was involved in this in any way, wow, my whole worldview would have been, will be shattered, basically. So he's huh. basically saying, you know, Mace, Mason's my last hope. I really hope that, you know, no one, that Conrad doesn't get to Victoria. I hope she is not involved. So I think at this point, he still trusts Victoria. Oh, poor man. I think he was just too naive. You know, they really tricked him. I, I think he's a good guy. He, he believes the best out of everybody. And they got him. You know, it's just horrible. Yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate. And it shows, you know, how corrupt the the system ruthless. can be. How ruthless. Like, they just don't even care. The Graysons. Right. And I'm saying, you know, it shows how corrupt the uh, the, the judging system and, and courts and all that could be. But... You also have to realize that in this, in this, you know, in this world, in this TV show, uh, all of these people have been threatened and paid off. You know that the like he's saying the the defense attorney, the judge, everyone has been, and um, so it it's yeah, it would be almost impossible to track down and to you know you would have to expose everyone and and luckily only one person would really need to come clean for this whole thing to crumble, but just nobody did. Nobody came clean. So yeah. I mean, it's smart for them. Hey, good job. But poor yep. David. <laughs> yeah. So then Emily puts a giant red X on the Mason Treadwell picture on the back of his book. And I'm like, really? Already? You haven't even taken him down yet. Like, it'd be one thing to, like, circle it like I'm coming for you. But she actually puts a whole X through it, so. That's true. That's true. She should have circled it and then put the X once he's done. I, th- I think it's just for dramatic you know, ness, whatever. So uh, the next scene is at the stowaway, and it's Amanda. She's working at the bar, and Mason's there. Mason comes in, and he's kind of asking her to get a drink, like he's gonna have some like heavy liquor or whatever. And well, he like asks daytime. he asks for a, a Gibson, and I, I looked that up. Did you know what a Gibson was? Huh, no, someone's last name. Yeah, so <laughs> it, it's um, it's. Gin and dried vermouth and a pickled onion. It didn't look very good. It's not not what I personally would like. I don't like martinis or um, anything that's that's alcohol on alcohol. Yeah, it just doesn't seem that great. And I don't know why you would ever want a pickled onion, but whatever. I have seen onions in drinks. Yeah, he orders that. Yeah. And um, this is a really interesting scene, though, because he comes in and he, you know, introduces himself and she clearly doesn't know who he is. And he's like, oh, I interviewed you as a kid. And, you know, she doesn't know because Emily has told her nothing about her life. Like this, this whole thing would just be so much more straightforward if Emily just clued her in a little bit. Yeah, but she plays it off well. Like, he's like, I'm Mason Treadmill. I interviewed you. (laughs) Treadwell. Oh, Treadmill. (laughs) Mason Treadmill. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Oh gosh, treadmill, Mason Treadwell, Mason Treadmill. I mean, hey, he's treading well on that treadmill, you know. Oh my god. Anyway, uh, so, uh, I just like I like how she she uh, covers. She's a how smooth of a transition this is. He's like, yes, I'm Mason treadwell i interviewed you as a child and she's like oh yeah mason treadwell like of course i don't know she's like sorry i blocked out a lot of those years in my life you know which i mean can be true i guess complete opposite of what 
actual Amanda has done, but... Right, and completely opposite of how she acts at the end of the episode, but yeah. it's, it's fine for right now. But yeah, so he's asking her that he wants to interview her. He wants to re-interview her, because what, for his memoir? Does he mention that? I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure, but he does say that he wants to re-interview her, and he gives her his card. So, yeah. um... And then uh, Huntley comes back, who I forgot about him. But yeah, Ryan Huntley is back in the picture. And he has a quick little chat with Victoria. And he's like, hey, guess what? You know that duress thing from last episode? The title of last episode? It worked. Awesome. Your prenup is being nullified as we speak. So, okay. Guess that went through. We didn't need to spend a whole episode talking about it. Um, I know. Seriously. <laughs> I was like, okay, that was it. That was done. <laughs> that was easy. And so she says, you know, is how's it going with charlotte and he goes you know we haven't found a legal way yet to get charlotte you know to come back so technically right now she's still under i guess equal custody or there, there's no reason why we that we have where she can't live with conrad right now yeah and um huntley raises some point about how he's concerned he's nervous about her involvement in grace and global right but then she yeah her says, investments yeah. her investments but then she mentions that well you know if we if i combine with daniel then we'll rule the company right so basically i think the way it works is that um is that i i wasn't 100 percent combine their uh, shares I yeah I, they they all have they all have shares in the company you know everyone and, and let's just pretend for a second here that um Maybe, maybe Conrad uh, has, you know, 30, maybe they each have like 30% or something like that out of Conrad, Victoria, and Daniel. Or maybe a little bit less than that because maybe Charlotte has some, but, you know, she probably can't get to it yet because she's still um, a child. But, but I... I think that the they were they were talking about how there was basically something that Conrad can do it's divest her of her stock. I'm not really sure what that means, but that's what he mentioned. And um, so their plan is that they want Conrad to to restore Daniel's access to his to the trust that his grandfather gave him, because I guess you know his grandfather who started Grace and Global. Uh, that's where the money or that's where Daniel's money is. Um, he was given to him by him, but we. He can't get it uh, yet until, you know, Conrad basically gives it to him. And so their plan is to send Daniel over because Daniel is, you know, aligned with his mom. So if they send Daniel over because Daniel is currently, you know, working for the company, then Conrad might might be inclined to give it to him. I'm not really sure. See, I, I'm confused because Daniel's already 18. Like, he's already of age. I just feel like he would have access to that. And I know later they change, they amend. Um, well, this is a lot of money. So I don't think, I think probably when, and it's not, it's not just, it's not just money. It's, it's stock in the so company. Maybe, it's, maybe it's, it's shares like in the company, you know? It has to be at a certain level in the company, you think? Or or an age. I mean, probably for this type of thing, it would be pretty normal to say, you know, you've got to be, you know, 28 or, or whatever. I mean, or maybe or maybe you have to work for the company or something. Um, because, you know, having having shares in the company is not just the same as being able to, like, cash out money. They're not worried about having money um, being cashed out right now. They want Daniel to get his shares back so that him and Victoria can own a certain amount of the company so that Conrad can't force them out. Yeah. And I think... Or force Victoria out. And I'm guessing that Daniel's already aware of this, and that's why he wants to be close with his mom. Is that... 
or no, or maybe, I think not. Daniel. Maybe. I think Daniel wants to be close with his mom because he's always gotten along with his mom better. Yeah, maybe that. Maybe that's true. So the next scene is um, with Charlotte and wow, I put Deacon again. <laughs> oh my god, it's Declan. You can't oh keep writing Deacon. 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 I was like Deacon. I mean Declan. The return of wow. Deacon. I literally put Deacon. Deacon all over this. Uh, but yeah, anyway, no, it's Declan. Declan put an L in there. Jeez. Declan and Charlotte, who, I mean, are they still in this show? I feel like we never see him. <gasps> this episode was the most shoehorned in, oh, shoot, we forgot about them. Let's throw them into three scenes throughout the episode. That's yeah. what it felt like. It felt like they literally just got, like, randomly thrown in a couple like, times. Like, shoot, these people are, uh, need to get, need to get paid. <laughs> they're probably like, we need a scene. But anyway, so they, uh, they're on a field trip, and, and they... Uh, Jack had mentioned that earlier. Well, I don't think they're on, like, a legitimate field trip. I think he was using that as a phrase. Like, oh, they're on a field trip to go look at prep schools. Oh, yeah. No, they're not really on a field trip, per se, but they're on a trip for... Uh, Charlotte to tour colleges. So I didn't even realize. No, that she's no, just... Charlotte's not touring colleges. What? I thought she was they're... touring colleges. No, no, they're just they're going to look. They're 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 like filling out <laughs> their their they're getting their schedules. It's like orientation, but for prep school. They're just going to pick up their schedules for their school. It's the school that Charlotte's always been going to. It's just Declan's now going. I don't remember. Wait, wait, wait. Declan is going. Are you sure? Yes. No, he's yes. not. Maybe not. No, no maybe no, he's not no, going. He's not right. going. No, he's not he's going. Definitely he's not, not going. going. But he he went with her to go look at them. Oh, um, I, I because he, he hasn't been. I know. I don't. Maybe maybe this isn't the school she's always been going to. But she's always been really smart. And so like, she's I thought now she was going to this school. I it's thought she college. was going to college because she was like, no. yeah, I got all my schedule. Well, anyway, you know what? It's probably the same thing. Prep school, college, probably all the same thing. She'll go. She'll well, live okay, there. Okay, but she's she's only in like eleventh or twelfth grade, like. I don't even know if it's that. It might be, like, 10th grade. Who knows how old they are? (sighs) I don't know. But anyway, so Jacqueline's like, man, girl, I'm never going to see you. And then Charlotte's like, Charlotte says, well, I can uh, multitask. Multitask. And then Declan's all, "Uh, that's right and all, but I don't want to be one of your tasks. What? Oh. Where does he get off? Like he got, he got this girl he's been searching for forever. He's been like fighting for her. He gets her, and now he's like, oh, I'm not gonna have enough time because you're smart and you like, like school. Like, yeah, dude, like be happy enough. He's like, oh, well, I'm not gonna okay. see you. It's like, not just being smart and liking school. It's also that she's rich, so she can go to these schools. Right, but but did you listen to her schedule? Because I wrote down her classes. So <laughs> no, I didn't. She take, is taking. I take that like, detailed notes. <laughs> She's like, she's taking calculus. Okay, pretty hard. I'll give that to her. This is why I'm guessing she's probably in 11th grade because you usually don't take calculus before that. And that's pretty much the earliest you would take calculus. I'll take a ninth grade, girl. You did not take calculus in ninth <laughs> you did, did you even take calculus in high school? I don't uh, even think you took calculus. Took, like, pre-calc calc? No, pre-calc is that's not as that calc. I said okay, pre-calc whatever. calc. I took pre-calc first semester senior year, calc second semester, and then in college I took calculus with matrices. I okay, it, well you took the impo, whatever. so you're, I taught myself. You're no, how ma- you're to no do mathematician. Ugh. Whatever. Okay. How so, how does that make sense that a hard math class in college that you would it's self-taught. Like, no, it's because it's different levels. You didn't take the same calculus that I did. So, Charlotte's taking calculus. She's taking AP physics. I forgot to write down. I feel like there was another AP class. It might have been, like, AP chemistry. I don't know. And then she's also taking AP French. And then she's like, oh, I thought I tested out of French. And I'm like, well, go fix that then. Like, 
get rid of that off your schedule if you tested Wait, out of it. She this really is part of the reason. Is she really saying AP? Yeah, she said okay, AP Okay, so French. she's definitely not in college. <laughs> no, that's what I was saying. And then she said, then she said she's taking debate and she's taking tennis. First off, okay, I know it's a prep school, but honey, maybe you can cut tennis out of your schedule and put a little Declan in there. Like, do you need tennis? Like, go play tennis, but you're not going to be a professional tennis player, so unless you're required to take some sort of athletic class. Oh, my god, Whatever. It's too, and like... then she said she's in the literary society, and that's why she needs to read some kind of book, which I'm like, cool, because I don't see any history or English on your schedule. You seem a little bit too hardcore into the maths and sciences so okay literary society and then apparently she's also going to be in the model un because she might go to i don't remember where she said like geneva or somewhere she said she might take some trip anyway so she's a one she's busy got, girl she's got a, yeah she's got a heavy sketch heavy sketch pack schedule and uh okay come on like uh, declan sure he's i guess i mean he's nice he's sweet um <laughs> He is sweet. Yeah, but come on. She's uh, she's going back to prep school. There's going to be other boys who are, like, big and strong and smart and rich. And I know I sound horrible. You don't know that. Maybe it's a bunch of little wimpy boys at prep school. You don't know. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Regardless, I, mean, come on. I think we're on the same summer, page Declan, that Declan he's being is a just little her, Declan is just her little summer love. Okay? Okay. And when the summer's over and she is back to school, she ain't going to be thinking about Declan. He is not going to be in her... Wow, you don't, you mind. don't, you don't believe in their relationship? You sound like Conrad. Okay, No, on. I don't, I, you knew from day, you know from day one I'm not, I'm, I, I liked her ex-boyfriend. The one who cheated Ew! on her. <laughs> I'm just kidding. What? Ew! Okay, yeah, we're definitely moving on for now. We we have now talked about Deacon and Charlotte for longer than they were actually in the episode. Okay. So okay. <sighs> anyway, okay. So, so Daniel Daniel meets with Conrad in because, Dun 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 South Fork. Yeah, in the South Fork Inn. So he meets with Conrad, and he's like, "Hey, you should give me my." trust you should release them and conrad's like cool i'll meet with my lawyers uh we'll 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 figure that out and so that was seems easy then he walks away and the lawyer shows up and conrad's like yeah i totally got victoria pegged i know exactly what she's doing that's fine whatever daniel can have his money but only once we put in this conditional clause which is going to be he needs to either get married or he needs to turn 30 cool so um and then he he basically says like Oh, I wouldn't be surprised if if Daniel's relationship doesn't even last the summer. Like, he has no faith in true love. Uh, <laughs> like, so like Emily thinking, and Daniel. Are we thinking that uh, he's about the same age as Emily? Younger? I think older? that, I still think he's probably a year or two older. I'm okay, we she can just, do this math again. She just <laughs> so, seems, uh, she's like we do so this mature. math every episode. But yeah. So, I know that she seems older, but, like, I think the thing is, okay, so we we hear, and this is a little bit later in the episode, but we hear that when um, when Mason Treadwell went to go interview Emily, she was nine years old. Which means, assuming that it was at most maybe a year or two, um, at the most, since Dan- uh, David was arrested, then that means that Emily was somewhere around seven or eight at the time when she was friends with Jack. Just to get a little perspective. So she was still pretty young. 
maybe he was a couple years older. So we're looking at probably a seven-year-old, a 10-year-old, or an eight-year-old, a 10-year-old, eight, eight, 11, somewhere around that range. So she's nine, and then Mason says that it had been 15 years since he spoke with her, so we know that she is currently 24. Okay, so let's say she's 24. Let's say Daniel goes to college. He's now 21 when he graduates, maybe 22. Let's say 22. He's 22 when he graduates, and he is partway through business school, so he could be anywhere from 23 to probably 26. We don't know. I like to think that he's probably like a year older than her, maybe, even though the actress looks older but whatevs. Mostly just that Emily talks more professionally and stuff. She just and seems I mean, more mature. She's been through a lot more in her life, and uh, women are mature, more mature than men. I mean... Wow, you're gonna lose all of our male followers. Oh, no, 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 that's not what I mean. I mean, they mature faster than men. <laughs> yeah, but they're, they're adults now, so I don't really know if it matters. Okay, I'm anyway. just kidding. Men are great, I guess. Uh, okay. <laughs> Anyway, so uh, then, you know, Conrad basically says that he thinks that he, that Daniel could be easily distracted. Um, anyway, so then we have another scene with uh, Emily and Nolan and they're meeting with Mason Treadwell at his cottage. Yeah, so my question is, did Mason at all mention that he wants to interview Nolan? Like, wouldn't he want to? Yeah, not for his memoirs, though. He's going to talk with Nolan about writing a whole biography for Nolan. So that's why they're there. I don't know why Emily is there. I guess just as a friend of Nolan's. So they they point out, maybe Mason points out first, like, this is my my memoir. And then Nolan and Emily make make it a point to ask, oh, like, is that the only copy? And he says, yes. Like, I only keep one copy of my memoir. And it's like, Yeah, he, like, writes on a typewriter... Yeah, it's weird. And he, he's just very, like, hoity-toity, like, I live in a cottage, and it used to be owned by Hemingway, and, yeah, and then I he points typed out, up my memoir. He points out to this cabinet full of tapes, and there are all these tapes of his interviews with his key players. And so that's why I'm thinking that he has more than just one book, because there's like stacks of tapes in there that I'm guessing are all, you know, famous people or yeah, I didn't I didn't pause it, but the ones in the front say society on them, you know, the name of the book Society Connection, but I didn't pause it to see what the ones in the back said, but they see, probably said other things. I was totally thinking that Society Connection was a a series of books and one was on David Clark. I could be completely wrong, but Oh, maybe. I mean, that that's a good thought. If it is though, I still think the David one is the first one. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so anyway, Mason mentions to Emily that he's interviewing Amanda for his mentor or me- memoir, <laughs> and she's like, and "That's when she finds out like, about it for the first yeah, time." Yeah, she's like, "Oh, really?" Like she kind of looks over at Nolan. And she's like, "Oh shoot!" Like I gotta uh, figure this thing out. But it's good yeah, that we gotta we gotta get up all up in this. I mean, it's good that Mason told her. I'm really I'm kind of surprised that Amanda didn't tell her right away like i mean come on what was me yes i mean some episodes emily knows everything that's going on with every player and some episodes it's like she just randomly finds stuff out and it's good that she did you know lucky yeah exactly so i mean that was kind of the uh it was a house tour that mason was giving nolan and emily and they found out a couple really key uh you know pieces of information so that was that and then we go back to stowaway and at this point 
Amanda. Oh, this is the spicy scene. She, yeah, she is spicy. And heat, she's heating things up. And you know, because she's kind of, she's mad that Jack won't go on an adventure with her. So she's over there. Again, with these people being like, can't you just be in love? Like, isn't she supposed to be like all, oh, I'm just happy to have a home and have a family and move back and discover my roots. No, she needs more. She needs more from him. Declan needs more from Charlotte and she needs more from Jack. And it's just ridiculous. There's certain people that just sort of never be satisfied. You know, they always want the next best thing. They always want something, you know. But maybe they feel like their life isn't, uh isn't exciting unless they're wanting something i I don't know but anyway yeah she just i think she's she's gotten bored pretty quick yeah she gets bored pretty quick and she's not happy with jack so she's making it a point to be like yeah boy well i'm hot and look at me i'm pouring shots and i'm kissing girls and i'm getting on the bar and i'm giving out dollar shots to anybody who wants to drink right from the bottle so she's She's putting on a show. She's putting on a performance. But you know what? Hey, look, it's giving money to the yeah, bar. Yeah, she so. knows what she's doing. I mean, she's going from being a stripper to being a little a little bit more yeah, classy and, stripper and Jack, on a bar. Jack makes a little crack at like, oh, this isn't this isn't like some other places you've worked. And I'm like, boy, step off. Like, this girl is fine. She's she had to make a living, thing. okay? You know, girls gotta do what girls gotta do. And yeah, no, this is a judgment free zone. <laughs> Except for Tyler. We can judge him as much as we want. But so, he's gone. Sorry, I just had to mention him because, you know, it's been a whole episode. I'm hoping that he's gone for good. Right, yeah, so uh, that's when Emily comes in and she's here to speak to Amanda about Mason. But I guess first she she sees Jack and she's looking over at Amanda and going like, oh, whoa, what's going on there? But yeah. uh, and but I do love I do love how so Amanda walks up to them and she and she's all oh you want to go to Atlantic City with her I don't know what she says but something some kind of thing implying that Jack and Emily like each other and they're both like what and then um, when Emily says that she want oh no that's what it is Amanda's like can I get y'all a room um, and yeah Emily's like what I just wanted to talk to you and so yeah I, but I love that when Jack walks away Amanda's just like hey listen girl level with me like are you and Jack a thing? Like, I love that she just outright asks. She doesn't spend several days, like, worrying about this. She just asks her, which is good. So, so do you, you know, think that, that Amanda, she seems insecure, okay? She seems insecure about uh, a potential, there's a potential that Emily and Jack have a relationship. Or do you think, I mean, I mean, do you think that she's insecure because of that? Because of that specific, there being a potential that Emily and Jack have a relationship, or do you think that she would be insecure no matter what? Um, I think it's more of an insecurity brought on by the fact that she knows that Jack is into her because she's Amanda Clark, and she knows that she's not really Amanda Clark, and and you know I think that that's more where it comes from. I think that. Um, you know, I mean, she probably would get in catfights over guys with, with any other girl, but I think this one really stems from the fact that she knows that a huge reason Jack likes her is because he thinks he, she's someone else. I see. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. So, anyway, so Emily pulls Amanda aside, and they go outside to talk, and specifically to prepare Amanda to talk to Mason, to t- prepare her for that interview. And Emily's hinting that, you know, there's more to the story. Um, and which is what which is what Amanda had suspected from the night before, or the episode before. Yeah, exactly. Because doesn't d- does she say straight out that um, you know I think my my dad 
was framed or does she say that i don't know basically what she says is you know she's talking and she's talking about the book and everything she says you know mason he's not a nice guy he made out like my father you know was guilty and then you know for this crime and then um uh, amanda basically says what is he not guilty or is that what you're saying and she says i'm saying that i think there's more to the story okay yeah so she doesn't outright say it she doesn't say anything about the graysons she just says basically this is not necessarily the truth. Um, uh, there is one really funny part in this scene also where uh, Amanda mentions that Emily used to stockpile pudding cups uh, and, and you know, to, bri- to bargain with a sergeant for a bottle of tequila. And I'm like, what adult takes pudding and gives alcohol? Like, there's no way the pudding could have cost that much. The adult can go get pudding somewhere, probably in this prison. Like, what? <laughs> what? I don't get it's that. So, 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 like, Amanda was kind of hinting at, like, uh, Emily, you know, don't judge me on drinking. We know how you used to be back in the day. It, kind of, but she's also just saying, like, it gives us a little bit of light into, like, the more wild emily or um you know amanda like real amanda back when she was in jail and it also says you know look they were friends and they knew it. and they i like how they cheers to the to the girls of cell block d that's kind of fun you know <laughs> so, oh my god so it's a nice little bonding moment between the yeah. two of them i mean i think we can see that throughout this show emily really lacks having a, a close girlfriend you know was uh it was what's her name <laughs> um ashley oh. Ashley, right. It was Ashley for a hot, like, two episodes. But, you know, I like the fact that we can get some sort of friendship stuff with her and Amanda. Yeah. And uh, back inside the stowaway, um, Deacon. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh my God. You I cannot can't. keep doing I can't. that. I can't. Um, Declan is there now. And he's kind of looking at Jag like, what the heck? This is kind of crazy. And, uh, but he tells... Declan tells Jack that, you know, Amanda's good for him because he keeps, Amanda keeps him on his toes. And, you know, Jack is like a grandpa. Jack is just way too old for his age and just needs to loosen up. And Amanda's good. She keeps him young. Yeah, she keeps him loose. And also just the fact that, like, you know, she doesn't want, he doesn't want Jack to die young of stress and working himself too hard like his father did. And, like, honestly, whoops. I've never been <laughs> Okay, I've never been a bartender. Never wanna be it'd be stressful. But and I've never owned a restaurant. But like can it really be that stressful? Especially the stowaway. It's like a small town, you're gonna have the locals. It's not like it's I I, I think I just... the stressful part is, you know, is the I think for, for non chain places and, you know, places where it's you know, they're they're probably the only a certain type of clientele go to the stowaway, you know, locals, but that's it. Probably not not that many tourists, not that many wealthy people. And so for a place like that, it's probably stressful to just make sure that you you make enough money. You know, they were in debt. Um yeah. that's what his dad was always talking about. So that's true. I, I imagine it's mostly just that that's plus difficult. it's just yeah, it's I guess the stress comes upon, you know, his father's death and wanting to keep the the stowaway open uh as tribute to his dad so yeah i, I, guess I don't think jack stress. really ever had any plan to run a bar for the rest of his life I think oh he's yeah doing this, you know for that reason yeah for sure i mean what was he how old is he too i mean at the beginning of the show when it was he was still helping his dad with the restaurant did he have another job was he in school you know i'm just wondering 
what I guess he was kind of trying to do this, make some money to go. Uh, I, I think away. yeah, I'm sure he worked. You know, he helped his dad. He worked there. I'm sure. I mean, we don't know if he went to college or what, but it's not super important to Jack's character, honestly. Yeah, that's um, true. So then we had a scene, and let's just talk about this one briefly because it's it doesn't really have that much meat to the plot besides just sort of a fun little scene, um, or I sort of depends on your definition of fun. But Emily and Daniel and Nolan are all going shooting. The funniest part for me is Nolan's outfit. I don't know if you got a good look at this outfit. He's wearing he's wearing you know some normal looking pants, but he's got this like gross yellow polo shirt that's buttoned all the way up, and it's like tucked into his pants, and just the way he's standing, it looks like his pants are like ridiculously high, and he just looks he just. Looks Sounds like a classic Nolan outfit. Yeah, yeah. Nolan has still not quite figured out his style, I think. And of course, this is still in the seasons where Nolan's got this bucket of a hairdo. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so they're they're shooting, and Nolan is terrible. Uh, Daniel jokes that uh, he might he might actually hit the target if he keeps one eye open because Nolan's just like flinching away from it. Um, and then Daniel is, is pretty good at shooting and, um, you know, hits hits a lot of the main parts of the target. And then Emily shoots and she's she's okay, but not as good as Daniel. And I sort of, you know, you see where this is going, yeah. I feel like. Um, and so Daniel leaves and uh, is talking with Nolan for a little while because Nolan wants to go shooting or Emily wanted to bring him shooting so that he could feel more secure and like he can protect himself, you know, because this is still in the aftermath of the whole Tyler thing. Um, and, uh, and so there's a, there's a quick flashback in this scene, which is of, of, uh, Mason Treadwell, or as we find out, his real name is Leo Treadwell. Leo or Theo? I put Theo, but now <laughs> I think it's Leo. <laughs> um, let me, let me Theo. look, cause I don't, I don't want to get this wrong. Leo so let Treadmill. Me <laughs> um, yeah, it's Leo. It's Leo. Mm. <laughs> um. Oh my gosh, let me change that. <laughs> it's not Theo. Oh okay. my god. Wow. Okay, anyway, so Leo, uh, Leo Tread- <laughs> Treadwell. Oh my gosh, Leo Treadwell is interviewing young Amanda, and he's basically saying, you know, he wants to um, help tell her story and figure out what, you know, he's he's working for her dad and, and stuff like that. And so, of course, she, she basically says that she wants to... Um, you know, she she ends up trusting him because he says that, like, courts make mistakes sometime. And um, he asks her if she thinks his, her dad is guilty. And she says, you know, that she has to say that he's guilty. Otherwise, they'll lock her up, too. He says he's not going to let that happen. And what did she, she say by locked up? I mean, she's just saying within this, within the well, place that she's in, she'll be, like, in timeout? Or is she saying she's going to go away? I mean, I think, okay, so in one of the really early episodes, there was that the the woman who... Uh, was like the therapist for all of the all of the women in um in the Hamptons, and she was a she she was in the the psychiatric ward that um that Emily was in, and she basically threatened her and said, you know, you have to you have to say that your dad's a bad person, otherwise we're gonna lock you up. So that's I think where she's getting this idea, but but yeah, so she basically grows to trust Leo, shows him a picture that she has of her father that she had hidden under her bed. So he, she shows the picture and they both agree that they don't think that, um, that her dad is, is guilty. They think that he's innocent. And of course, then we flash back to real time where Amanda's talk or, um, Emily is talking with, uh, 
with Nolan and she says, you know, the worst part of the whole thing was not just that he printed this book of lies, but it's that because he wrote this book and I, because I trusted him, it made me believe it. And she believed that her dad was the horrible person for a really long time until she ends up getting out of jail, you know, or out of juvie. Yeah, it's just horrible how he, I don't know if I said he manipulates her. He didn't, but he just Well, at the time, yeah, he didn't manipulate her. He just changed his direction with the book after he had talked to her. Yeah. So uh, she tells Nolan that she's going to control the interview with Amanda. Yeah, and then uh, do you want to talk about the whole, the, the summary to the whole shooting thing? Yeah, so then Emily goes and she shoots again and she shoots a perfect shot. Boom, boom, boom. Boom. Yeah. Three shots right to the heart, the one shot to the brain. Oh, is that what she does? Okay. I, they all just th- looked like th- they're in the stomach. I think I don't there know. was one shot to the head, the final shot. But, uh, so obviously, I, you know, she didn't want to show Daniel all her skills. Oh, yeah. You got to keep something to, <laughs> keep something to reveal later. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. Keep something to pull out later. Put in the bank. Pull it out later. Anyway, so the next scene is with Daniel. And he's yeah. talking with a girl. About dividends. Yeah, he, <laughs> well, he he shows up to this meeting with some client of Conrad's. And Conrad's like, oh, I gotta go. I got another meeting. Ho, ho, ho. Look at the time. And pretty quickly, Daniel finds out, like, oh, he set me up with this girl because, yeah, she's probably a client. But he's clearly trying to get me to, like you know, sleep with her or, or something because Whoa, whoa, that escalated quickly. I was just gonna say yeah, like a I mean no, they made a couple lewd they keep made a couple lewd jokes about getting into bed in terms of like, you know, how you say like, oh you don't want to get in the bed with the enemy or or whatever. I don't know. But they made some sort of reference to that. And um and then, you know, he goes and talks to Victoria later. I'm just gonna skip to this part. <laughs> he goes and talks with Victoria and he basically says, like, you know, I'm pretty sure dad you know, was hoping for more than just a business meeting, basically. And that's when he ends up telling Victoria, like, you know what? I I heard about the, uh, the clause, um, about the marriage or the 30 years old. And, and you know what? It's fine. Like, I'd, I'd be totally down to propose to Emily, which is the first sort of negative Daniel relationship thing we've seen so far, because I would hope if he was a better person, he wouldn't, uh, he wouldn't propose to Emily as any sort of an attachment to this whole divorce scheme. Yeah. Uh, that's hard. It's it's hard. It's Would he have proposed to her that soon if there wasn't this amendment? Probably not, but... But he did... You, you just know, don't but, know. But the, earlier, this, earlier in the episode, he did mention that they moved... Uh, he did mention wanting them to move in together. Yeah, Would, so it's did, probably did on know, his mind. Did he know the amendment at that point? But, like, it's got to have been only, what, a month or two? I mean, they haven't been together that long. I know, seriously. Uh, anyway, so uh, then, you know, there's a really quick little scene. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Declan's asleep. He's reading Paradise Lost, which I'm assuming he's reading in order to have something to talk about with Charlotte, because I think that's the book she's supposed to read. And it's sort of cute, because she takes the book out of his lap and then realizes he's got, like, the Cliff Notes version of the book also there with him. Oh, that's what that um, was? I didn't understand yeah. what she 
I thought he was like hiding yeah. a book away from her. No, it was like Paradise Lost for Dummies or something. Like one of these little cliff notes, like little tiny short bar- versions of the book. So I thought that was oh, kind of cute. That makes sense. I was like, what is this? Like, I didn't think that scene was really necessary, but I get it now. It's not. As I said, none of the Declan and Charlotte scenes are ne- necessary. But it, it was cute just to show that it was sort of like, even though they sort of had a little, not really an argument, but he sort of stormed off. He's still trying to make their relationship work by, you know, reading the books that she's supposed to read for school, even though he doesn't need to and stuff like that so then we have the meeting with amanda and mason and they're talking and nothing that she says is super important in this meeting but the key is that she's wearing an earpiece and emily and nolan are are telling her what to say and basically what she's supposed to say is sort of call nolan or call mason out on the fact that he printed a bunch of lies and he's like oh you were just a confused little child and she's like uh-uh boy we both know the truth and she basically says look you're gonna go to this reading at um victoria's house and that's gonna be your last chance to redeem yourself and then she storms off oh also while she was uh doing the interview <clears throat> i noticed when they show this later that she has like a a lighter in her hand that she kind of flip uh flips it open closes it flips it open closes it she uses that several times and at first i thought that was like the microphone but i don't think it is i think it's just more like a the calming thing that she does yeah i think it's like a stress toy. She like smoke, she's... though no no no. She, it was the lighter that we saw earlier that she used to light a shot on fire yeah so yeah it's just it's just a lighter and yeah she's been sort of playing with it all episode she was playing with it earlier when she was having a conversation with emily and um it's it's sort of a a foreshadowing element oh yeah that's true but uh she was great she she really was great at the interview man she got right in his face emily was like stand up get into his face and then emily's like walk away she walks away it must also be really difficult to like hear someone tell you something and then say it okay but honestly yeah that that just would never work i don't think that could actually work that smoothly no there would be long pauses in the conversation it's like when you're watching the news and you know how there's that that slight delay between um the you know uh, the anchor versus the news reporter that's on scene like there's that that that, like awkward gap like that's what it would have been like (laughs) like say something to me what oh you want me to do it yeah do it okay be like i just did it then (laughs) oh yeah it's it's pretty awkward but um anyway so (laughs) then uh they go over to victoria's house for this mason treadwell (laughs) treadwell meeting and um ashley is like oh hey emily like bt dubs i heard that daniel like is gonna get some money from his trust fund if he marries you and she's like why on earth are you telling me this this is so out of the blue and she's like because we're friends duh and i'm like since when have they been friends they've been fighting and like not hanging out for episodes now so whatever um and you would think that like ashley would feel a little bit bad about the fact that that uh tyler just held a gun to emily's head but whatever so, I don't think she really cares about any. Well, just like Emily, I don't think Ashley really cares. No, I mean, I would feel worse feeling. about this. I would feel worse for Emily, except for the fact that Emily doesn't care about Ashley either, so whatever. Um, and then Mason arrives, and he informs Victoria that, because, you know, she's asking about what was Amanda's, um, like, what was the interview like? And he's like, look, Amanda is a angry little girl who has a very sharp memory. Um, 
So, you know, he, he knows that she knows the truth, basically. Then he goes and he does, um, oh, then we have a quick flashback of Victoria and Conrad, and they're talking with Mason, and he's trying to interview her. Clearly, at this point, he's still on David's side, and she's like, um, you know, I'm not going to tell you anything and all of that. And he basically says, look, I've got nothing to lose. Like, I'm not a famous writer. Like, whatever. I don't have anything to lose with this. And they're like, ooh, I bet we can negotiate. So clearly that is the turning point where they offer him something that makes him want to turn against David. Yeah, so it just shows that he was not some big hot shot before this whole thing came uh, to be. Exactly. So... So then he does so his he does, little speech. He, yeah, he does the whole reading, and of course they're like, they're building this whole thing up. Is he going to expose the truth? Is he going to not? And he said, he reads his new memoir, and he says, was I wrong about David Clark? No. I'm like, oh, dang it. He didn't, he didn't say anything. Emily and Nolan, they just look really disappointed. Yeah, but, uh. And then, you know, then they go to Emily's and Nolan's there, mad that Mason didn't say, you know, didn't tell the people the truth. But, but Emily, she's not really that surprised. She's like, no. Yeah, you know how mad, you know how mad Nolan is? He says he hasn't been this disappointed since The Phantom Menace. <laughs> hey, I like that movie. I know, we have Why a soft spot for The Phantom Menace. Why all the hate? I know, we're, I I know, know, we're the only ones with a soft spot for that movie, but it's just because it's going all game. your hair? <laughs> okay, stop. <laughs> I've been messing with my hair the whole Speaking time. Speaking of Star Wars and, like, weird <laughs> hairdos. Like, I've got, like, these three little lumps now. It looks sort of like, like a... Queen like Amidala. A, yeah, I don't know. Whatever. I Look, it's comfy. I just want... It's very heavy. My hair has gotten ridiculously long, so... <laughs> yeah, so anyway, so Emily is saying, you know, she's not surprised that uh, Mason didn't spill the beans. Victoria has too much control. So she knows Victoria, uh is on to or not on, not even on to him that just that she has that power um and but then she says you know what nolan i want you to take mason out to dinner dun, dun, dun. so you know you know that she's got some other tricks up her sleeve yeah so they go out to dinner and we see Emily sneaking into his house okay you and- know what? it was kind of really just kind of creepy scene at first when it's like we don't even know who's driving up, but so, uh, you know someone drives up into a car, and then Mason runs to the car, and it ends up being Nolan. Like I didn't know if that was Nolan at first. I really was like, "What is this? Is this like a horror what? movie?" We now? Had, what are you talking about? We like literally two seconds before they were like, "Go pick up Mason and take him out to dinner." Like it wasn't creepy at all. Just the me. way they filmed it, I was like, "Oh my gosh, was it raining?" I don't know. No, it wasn't raining. No, it wasn't. It was just at night. Oh uh, gosh, whatever. Okay, whatever. It's creepy. <laughs> it was creepy. They drive away, and Emily. Uh, you see Emily kind of crawl the bushes, and she's going to go to the house. Question is, how did she get in? I don't know. It doesn't, look, it doesn't matter how she got in. She probably broke in. It doesn't matter <laughs> at this point yeah, she, because she, she, of what happens. Yeah. Wait, is this part even in? Oh, wait, no. Sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm No, off. we're just going to, we're going to skip to it because the other scene, we'll, we'll, come, we'll circle back to that. Okay, one. we'll circle back. So anyway, she goes into the house and I did not know what was going to happen because she's walking around and then she just takes, oh, she says, sees the memoir first, right? No, 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 no. No, first she, no. Okay. Rewind. She's going through the house and she breaks the glass to get into the tapes. And at first, I didn't know where this was going. So I was like, wait, why is she making such a mess? 
I, I said, Emily goes after Mason's tapes. She just breaks all the glass. Doesn't even try to do it carefully. I was like, what is she doing? Come on, Emily. <laughs> it makes more sense later. <laughs> I was like, she's like, smarter Wait, than Laura, this. how about you just watch like one minute further and then you'll figure it out. <laughs> I was typing as I was going. I was literally pausing every second saying, she is now entering the house. She is breaking the glass. Anyway, so she's taking the tapes, um, probably the ones that are about her father, and then she goes over to the memoirs, she picks it up, and she sets that boy on fire. She sets what? Well, yeah, she lights one of his cigarettes, because he's got, you know, he's been smoking these cigarettes all through, or holding these cigarettes all throughout the episode. So she lights one of his cigarettes, and she puts it on top of the memoir. She sort of blows it out, but then she puts it on top of the memoir as if, as if it could have been like, oops. He lit one and he threw it away, but then it caught everything uh, on fire. Oh, yeah, that's true. And there is a flashback during this scene, and it shows young Emily, and she's really upset because she's reading the book, and, I mean, it's just horrible. All all the, you know, at first I thought she was upset because Mason didn't write the truth, but now I'm thinking that maybe she's upset because um, she believes the writing, and she believes yeah. that her dad actually Oh, yeah, you're right, because she takes a picture of her father and she burns the picture of her father. Right, which is interesting. So there are three acts of, or three mentions of burning in this episode. There's the burning of the Mason household, the burning of the fi- of that picture, and also at the very beginning of the episode, the first flashback we saw with Mason and young Emily, uh, or, you know, young Amanda, was he mentioned, oh, you know, it's sad that you're here. I heard that your last foster home caught on fire, so... I'm sure yeah. we'll hear more about that at some yeah, point. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I was thinking about that. So, but, anyway. But so, anyway, so so that, you know, she leaves the house and the whole house catches on fire. Yeah. And now let's circle back real quick before we get to the ending. Um, well, I guess we can just sum up that part by pretty much right after that, Nolan and Mason drive back and he sees that his house is on fire and he's like, no! And Nolan's Nolan's really creepy in this scene. He's like standing in the back and he goes, mm, bad girl. I'm like, <laughs> Nolan, ew, stop. That's weird. What? I don't know. Just like, stop. Yeah. Um, so that's why yeah. she didn't um, carefully take out the tapes. <laughs> yeah. Because it was going to go on down flames. So, to circle back to the the other two scenes that we missed before that. There's a scene back with Huntley, and uh, the the lawyer just suggests, hey, Victoria, just let Daniel marry Emily. Because, you know what? It doesn't have to be a, a successful marriage. Right. He's basically encouraging that. And what we see here is that Victoria's like... She's clearly more concerned about Daniel marrying the wrong person than she is about, like, losing the stake in the company. Like, she is really adamant that she doesn't want Daniel to marry Emily. She just doesn't trust her, et cetera, et cetera. Again, well, trust I still don't really know, like, why she doesn't trust Emily. Like, I know there I haven't been anything so far. I, I don't know if it's all about Emily, too. I think it's just with... Victoria knows that maybe she got married too young or she maybe she rushed into the marriage with Conrad. I'm not exactly sure, but, you know, that was a mistake for her point uh, – on her point for marrying him just as far as love goes. You know, I, I don't know if they really loved each other or if it was because of this and that and wealth. So I think she really loves – she really cares for her son and wants to make sure that he marries the right person. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And um, and then so then we have an, a quick scene with Amanda and Jack back at the stowaway, and she's laying on the bed reading a magazine, and he walks in, and I'm like, oh, I guess she just lives there full time. I mean, I don't know. We never really, like, she started dating him, and then immediately, like, 
got together. I, I don't even know. Um, but, but anyway, so she, he walks in, he's wearing a suit. Not really sure why he's wearing a suit. That part's never really summed up, but he's wearing a suit for whatever reason. She's and he's like, holding a fishbowl. She's like, whoa, did someone die? And he's yeah. like, yes, old uptight Jack. I'm like, oh, that's such an uptight old person thing to say. Um, but he's holding a fishbowl full of what looks like $1 bills. And he says there's like over 500 bucks in it. And I'm like, mm, doesn't look like it. There must be some 20s in there or something. Oh, are uh, you really uh, familiar with a lot of cash? no (laughs) no but still also he's like so we're going to atlantic city where i'm gonna turn this 500 and 5000 i'm like "Mm, you're gonna turn that 500 into approximately zero dollars jack um so i guess that money is not to pay for going to atlantic city it's just the money they're gonna gamble there i don't know yeah i don't know but anyway so uh, I do love how he calls her Darlin in this scene. He says, "Darlin, we're going to Atlanta City." <laughs> Darlin. And then the next scene is my favorite scene. O M G. So why? Why? Because right after the burning, Emily goes over to the pool house. Knocks why on is pretty he living? Door. Stop. Why is he living in the pool house? There is a giant mansion there. I'm sure that he has a room, if not multiple rooms, and freaky creepy. Tyler was just living in this house. I know, but it is good. It is really good because it gives some separation from Victoria. So that True. when pretty little Emily comes over and he opens the door, shirtless, he is shirtless. Oh. You said shortless. Yeah, okay. okay. I think you meant shirtless. very different. I wouldn't appreciate that, but he was shirtless. <laughs> he opens the door and he's shirtless. Oh my gosh. <laughs> he's this is not Game of Thrones. He's wearing a t-shirt and a little tatawatties. No. He was no. shirtless. And, uh, and I love what he says. He's there. She's just like, like hinting that, you know, she's going to come over. They're going to do, you know, a little, a little adult, adult action. <laughs> a little mommy, daddy time. <laughs> oh, stop, stop, stop. You got creepier. You should have just ended with adult action. Okay. okay. And, uh, Daniel's all, oh, so you just going to come, come over and hook up and leave. Ha ha ha. Or maybe I just add the ha-ha's in. But anyway, she's like, yeah, that's right. And he's like, okay, like, I'm, I'm okay with that. Ugh, for some reason, that kind of just turned me off. I don't know. I think it was supposed to Wait, be Wait, I thought you said this was your favorite scene. <laughs> okay, I liked it because he was shirtless. I didn't appreciate Ugh. the whole hook up and leave. Like, I didn't well, like that. Well, okay, so you know, you know the whole point of this scene, right? So the point of this scene, it has a deeper purpose. It's not just so you can see him wearing the... Also, I didn't like the fact that she was wearing lingerie. I thought that was weird. Oh, but... I forgot. So she had a lingerie <laughs> like she was... on when she was burning like... down the house. No, I Red don't think so. Up. I don't hey, think so. You went to change. It's getting hot in here. Yeah, stop, stop. Um, I think, I think the thing is that she went in there and she made a point to say, just so you know, I haven't changed my mind on living together. And so he's like, oh, so you're just going to hook up and leave. Meaning like, oh, I guess we're not living together here. And she's like, yeah, I'm still staying firm on that. And the whole point of her saying that was so she could be like, the whole reason she went over there was clearly because she knew about this whole marriage or or 30-year-old contract thing. And she, for whatever reason, we don't know yet, but she wants him to propose to her. I think she is she is some sort of plan why him working at the company and him getting those shares is going to be a good thing. Probably so that she can at some point use that to take down the company. But, so she's like, okay, I need him to marry me. And I said that I wouldn't live with him until I get married. And now I'm going to come over and show him why he's going to want to live with me, basically. Okay, so she's kind of completely changed. Changed. Or at least I didn't think that she wanted to get engaged and get married. But she's, now... a, she's adaptive. She's adaptive. 
Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Well, I guess I was just paying more attention to the shirtless bod and... Uh, apparently. Apparently. Uh, but... Anyway. Anyway. So there is a one final scene of the episode, which is really the one of the most important things that happens. So Emily is watching an interview with David Clark. I'm assuming this is one of the interviews of the tapes that she has just taken. The question here is... I, based on the information she finds out, I'm not sure why Mason never told anyone this, because he's got gold here. But anyway, so she's watching this interview. Because Grayson's framed? Or, yeah. The... Well, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't think the Graysons know that Mason just has this on tape, but whatever. So, um, it's an interview, you know, and, and, and basically Mason is telling David, you know, we talked with Victoria, you know, because David's still hoping that Victoria is going to come out, come and save him somehow. And he's like, don't think that's going to happen. She's denying that she ever wrote you that love letter. It wasn't signed. It could have been from anybody. And David basically says, okay, well, six months ago, Victoria, uh, Victoria, did he say got pregnant or gave birth? Not sure. One of the two. I think he said gave birth to yeah. a little girl. He might have said got pregnant, but gave, gave birth, birth to a little girl. And, you know, she said he said, ask her who the father is. And that's when we find out Charlotte is Emily's half-sister. Or Amanda's half-sister. Whatever. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy, yeah. And it? clearly, and clearly, Emily did not know this. Oh, gosh. Yeah. No. She doesn't know that. Yeah. So. I'm trying to think. Shocker. If we can figure out how old so is charlotte like basically like nine years younger than emily yeah so we could do that math in a minute if she's 24 so 24 minus 9 is what 15 so right so that makes sense 15. i was guessing that she was like a sophomore potentially junior so yeah sophomore i guess right isn't that 15 you know it should be 15 or 16 because he did say six months ago you right. were born so she could so. be a sophomore or junior yep so i okay. i feel good about my estimate okay. so then of course the episode ends with a quote which says people are fond of saying you can't unring a bell and while that may be true that you can't may while that may be <laughs> i'm gonna start over also i had a question though real quick okay so are we thinking that charlotte's oh wow i'm an idiot I was just going to say, are we thinking that Charlotte's birth was an accident? And duh, because it was, he was the father. So I was like, man, Charlotte is way younger than Daniel. Would they have done that like that? No, because Charlotte's dad. Yeah. And maybe that's why Conrad doesn't like him. Anyway, we'll go, we'll go, or go, doesn't like her. Maybe we'll dive deeper into that later. Conrad does like her. I like BFFs. Anyway. Oh, you're right. Wait. Oh, does, Char- does Conrad even know? I don't think Conrad knows. I don't think Conrad knows that he's not Charlotte's father. I'm not I'm not 100% sure. We'll have to get to that in a little bit. Anyway, so the quote says, People are fond of saying you can't unring a bell. And while that may be true, you can smother its ring under the dull roar of conjecture and lies. But some words ring out like a church bell rising up out of the din and calling us to the truth. Some words are immortal, long, buried, or even burned as they... They are destined to be reborn, rising like the phoenix from the ashes. And when they do, it can literally take your breath away. So she's basically just talking about the whole Charlotte reveal and how, you know, some things can be really buried and some things can be surprising and they can, you know, basically resurface at some point. And uh, that's what we got there. You can't unring that bell. (laughs) Do you pause 
the show and write all that down or is that somewhere no else? it's online okay i was gonna say man that was a long one it's a lot of like yeah pausing. it was and it was also clearly online it was not written correctly because i had to sort of improvise what i think they were trying to say because there are a couple typos in it so i'm not really sure <laughs> Typo. whatever yeah um, anyway, that's really about it for this episode. I thought it was a pretty good one overall. Uh, it was it was good because there were really uh, two, maybe three fully developed plot lines going on. Um, clearly the Mason Treadwell thing was going on. Uh, we got a little bit of subplot of Jack and Amanda and their relationship strengthening and um, Amanda finally learning some more about the truth, you know, behind uh, Emily's father and all that. And then we had the whole Daniel trust amendment uh, situation going on, still involved with the divorce and all that. And Huntley's clearly still around, so he hasn't been taken down yet. Um, so there, there's there's really a lot going on in this episode. So the question is, it. will we see Mason again? Or, or do you think he's done? He's done. It's not our- I, think we, I think we definitely need to see a little bit of follow-up with him because... Uh, I, I don't think he's just going to be like, oh, <laughs> my house was burned down. Oh, well, guess I'm going to go retire. Like, I don't think that's going to happen. His memoir was burned down. Well, he was a stupid little person for not making another copy. But whatever. So uh, you guys can feel free to send us comments and questions on our website or on our Twitter, which is at KalskiCast. That's Cal with a K. You can also watch our episodes on our YouTube channel sometime eventually, maybe, uh, which is also <laughs> KalskiCast. Um, I'm saying this so that, you know, inevitably three years from now when someone is randomly watching this, they will exist. But Is there any currently. videos on there besides that there one? Is one. Okay, nope, the one? There is one. there's one. I'm working on it. It's been a busy week. I'm getting to it. Can we just do, like, a defunct land thing? <laughs> no, because defunct land is, is a thing on its own. Are we plugging defunct land? No, now? no, okay. People check it out. It's a really good, uh, it's a really good YouTube channel and podcast. It's about roller coasters and theme parks. I They're much more that. professional than we are. One uh, day we were going, we are going to do one that compares the two Bush Gardens. We will. We will do that eventually. We one day would like to write one about, um, or make a video about, uh, alaskan cruises but we haven't done that yet either so (laughs) look look honey you cannot even darlin darlin you can't even get around to recording an episode of podcast once a week and i can do one on disney too Mm -hmm. right we'll get to that eventually so um so yeah i mean we would on that note we would (laughs) on that note about how professional and great we are (laughs) we would really love those five, not four, not three, not two, not one. Those five star ratings and reviews on iTunes. If you enjoy this podcast, um, it's really the best way for people to find our show in the future. And uh, yeah, we're, we're, we work hard on these, and we appreciate the support. <laughs> and and y'all, y'all, I can tell how many downloads we have. Y'all are listening, but you're not following us on Twitter, which is just making me sad. It's fine. Oh don't my worry about gosh. it. Maybe 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 people don't use Twitter anymore. I don't anymore. even know why I follow us on Twitter. <laughs> oh, well, that's okay. Makes me feel great. Anyway, that's about all for this week's episode. Thank you for joining us, and we will be back next Monday or maybe the Monday after for our rewatch of episode thirteen. For now, we are the Kowski sisters. Peace out. What do I do? I wish stop or record.